Welcome to season two! Oh my goodness, y'all, I am so excited to finally be starting season two of the Live Ride Learn podcast. I have just been chomping at the bit to get back here. I've had some episodes pre-recorded and I am ready to go and I just am so excited. So anyway, if you're new to the podcast, hi, I'm Sarah, your host of the Live Ride Learn podcast where we are learning and growing together through stories. So um, just a little intro of season two and what you can look forward to. First of all, we have author interviews. I love horse books. I love YA fantasy. I love some memoirs. <laughs> I love to read. And so I thought, you know, there's so many amazing equestrian authors who I mean, really, that's what it is, right? It's all about stories. Live, I learn. We're all about stories. And these authors, they're sharing their story in a whole book. And so so I've got some authors to come on and just share with us their stories. Um, and then we have some adventures. So, you know, I love a good adventure. I just think, I don't know, it makes me come alive. And I'm pretty sure it makes you come alive, too. And I, I think that's one thing that... Uh, honestly, the hardest part of having kids for me was losing that ability to feel like I could just go on an adventure because, you know, I didn't have family around to help take care of the kids. Babysitters were expensive and it was frankly difficult to go on fun adventures with kids. But my kids are getting older and they are now so fun to take places um, and they're easier to leave behind with friends for things that they can't come with. So anyway, I am back into Adventure Zone. And along with that, my friend Caitlin and I went to Kentucky a couple weeks ago for a book research trip. I promise you it was research, okay, for the memoir. And we had so much fun and we came home with a new dream. And so get ready because a lot of season two is going to be us going through that dream and chronicling it for you. So you get to experience the adventure with us, the highs, the lows. I'm a little nervous about the lows, but I know that they are, they are part of it, right? <laughs> it's when we learn the most is in the lows usually. So we'll be sharing the whole process and learning together because it's something that both of us have never done before. And so we're going to be learning together on the podcast. We're going to have interviews and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, but I'm not going to tell you what the adventure is. It's something that you're going to have to tune in to the next episode for. Okay. All right. So now, now that you have your, your curiosity has been piqued, but you have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm going to move on because we actually have a sponsor for season two. Isn't that so cool? Today's episode of Live, Ride, Learn is brought to you by Streamhorse TV. Streamhorse TV is the premier international digital community where horse enthusiasts come together to expand their horizons in equine sports and culture. Streamhorse TV is elevating equestrian entertainment, increasing accessibility, and boldly uniting the global horse world, celebrating the horse as our beloved common thread. Follow the herd over to Streamhorse TV for the groundbreaking free video series, articles, and the Streamhorse TV guide. Subscribe to Streamhorse TV for free at www.streamhorse.tv and follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube at Streamhorse TV. 
Y'all, I love Stream Horse. We have been doing a ton of collaboration. They have that video series. I actually got to be a guest on it last year or over the summer. I don't know, at some point, it's been a few months. I got to be a guest on their little TV series. They publish some of my blog posts and stuff. So I just love collaborating with Stream Horse and I'm really excited that we're partnering together. Our vision just goes together. You know, it's, it's a, we're a good partnership. So anyway, I'm gonna give you an update on the writing desk. Uh, some of you are following this journey because you love to hear about updates from from my writing desk, from writing this memoir. So if you're new to the episode or if you're new to the podcast, uh, I actually, the whole reason this podcast started was because I started this journey of writing a memoir about my experiences in Kentucky when I was in college. I, um, I had dreamed for years of going to college in Kentucky and galloping racehorses. And so my junior year of college, I was able to transfer to the University of Louisville in Kentucky, and I took my horse, who's like my beloved horse, Gideon, and my dog, Sandy, who I got just because I was going to not be living in the dorm anymore. I was going to have an apartment in Louisville and go to class while hopefully galloping racehorses at the track. And so galloping racehorses is where the people who go in the morning to exercise the racehorses. I was not a jockey at any point, okay? I was an exercise rider. They want people who are generally kind of small, who can ride to exercise the horses in the morning. So that was my dream. So I, I packed up Gideon and Sandy and we moved to Kentucky and I, um, ha- within like three weeks of being there, I was in a horrible riding accident on the track. And then a couple weeks after that, my horse Gideon disappeared. Like legit was gone as in stolen. So this whole memoir is the process of that. It's, it's that it's, you know, a girl chasing her dream. And then it's not like that. It just doesn't come together. It's that it was just crumbled. I mean, it, I felt like I was being hit by a hammer over and over and over again. And so it's the process of that. It's it, the memoir is going through that and then the recovery of it all and my faith journey through all of it. So that's what I have been working on. And an update, one reason I took such a long break from Live, Ride, Learn is because I have been really, really zoned in on writing. And so I finished the first draft. Yay, so exciting. Um, and that was a huge step because I literally worked on this off and on for over a decade. So finishing the first draft felt so good, but you know, most books, especially by newer authors who don't really have their craft honed yet. And I am definitely a new author without my craft honed yet. Um, it usually takes like five or six drafts. So I'm in the middle of the second draft, probably more like a third into the second draft right now. And and it's going better. And it's so fun to, to be able to come back and see how my writing has improved even since in the last few months. Because every time I come back, I see things like, oh, that's not very good. I should do this. And my writing just improves every every week. I think it's getting better. And that's a blessing. It's such a gift to be able to see it. And I will say it's also kind of hard. Which today, so... Season two is going to be a ton of interviews and it's going to be a ton of guests and I'm going to be with Caitlin a lot and going through that whole journey. And so I just wanted to spend the first episode 
going back to the roots and most of live ride learn season one is just me sharing a raw story sometimes an embarrassing story often embarrassing i'll be honest this is like airing my dirty laundry for all of y'all but the things that i learned from it and the ways that i grew from it in hopes that you can learn and grow too and also if you are a stranger to the podcast um my faith is super important to me and so Not every episode centers on faith, just like not every episode centers on horses, but a lot of them do. And I will say season two is probably going to have a lot more horses in it, even though, I don't know, horses may have been in almost every episode of season one. Um, I can't help it. It's part of my life. Horses, Jesus, all very important parts of my life. And so today I'm just going to share a story that's very, it's very on the forefront because it kind of just happened. I just experienced this. And so... Um, some background. I So I have been working really hard on the memoir. And part of the work isn't just writing, but researching. And so I'm researching to see, you know, what books in the market are comparable to mine that are doing well, and what sets them apart and what makes us similar. And, you know, when you're looking at the memoir market, I'm just going to be totally honest. And this is hard for me to say. Most memoirs are famous, like they do well, because the author is already famous somehow right? Like a comedian, um, Leslie Nope. I know that's not her name, right? Isn't that her character name? Anyway, um, you know, she wrote a really funny, great memoir. Nick Offerman, you can see who I follow, right? This is like the only TV shows I watch. But most of these people's memoirs do well because they're famous to begin with. Then, so if you try to get out of famous people memoirs, which is difficult, right? Think of how many athletes have famous memoirs who weren't famous already and there's a lot of amazing athletes and a lot of amazing athletic stories but unless the athlete was famous you may not hear about their book and and I'm gonna take a break if you know someone who isn't famous who wrote an incredible book that hit mainstream media that lots of people bought please send me an email and tell me about it. Okay, it would be very helpful for me. But then, so I'm like, who, what memoirs are have done really well that aren't by famous people? And so I have found a couple who kind of deal with the same faith battle that my book does. Now they're coming from different angles. They have slightly different beliefs. But I found a couple that I really loved. And actually one of the authors was a guest on my author shenanigans podcast, Amy Butcher. She wrote a book called Mother Trucker. And then there's another one uh, by a girl named Kate Bowler called everything happens for a reason and other lies i've loved and it was an incredible book right and so i loved their stories and i dug in and i researched the authors and and you kind of learn this actually because it's a memoir you learn about the author just by reading their book both of these girls are they're not girls both of these women um one of them has a PhD. The other one is a tenured professor. I don't know if she has a PhD or not, but they're very academic. They've been published in the New York Times and all kinds of different magazines for very highbrow writers. And and so I'm like looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, so I basically either need to be famous or I need to be like a PhD for my book to do well. And I want my book to do well. I am a very high achieving personality and, and I just, you know, it's, it's something that I have always valued and I, 
see the flaw in it, believe me, I see a lot of flaw in that. But it's it's my personality. Everything I do, I'm like, how can I win? How can I win? And that's one reason I love to compete with horses so much because it just I just love competing. And and I love to try to be the best. And I I'm okay if I'm not as long as I feel like I can try, right? I have a chance. And so I'm looking at these memoirs that have done well and I'm thinking I don't have a chance. Like, I'm not one of these people. I'm not going to go get a PhD just for my memoir to do well. Um, I don't foresee myself getting famous unless something random happens that probably, I don't know, would be quite shocking. Um, And so I I start having this crisis over it. And it's an internal stirring over a couple weeks where I just start questioning myself and who I am and what am I thinking and like I'm doing all this hard work and it's never going to be good enough and 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 but I'm like but I'm also like you know I think my first few chapters are really good and and I do think even though I'm not a PhD and I am not famous even you know so I don't have what it takes to have like a, a hugely popular memoir unless I'm like way outside the bell curve um or an outlier right but I'm like, it's okay because my book is good. So it's going to be fine. And I have my first meeting with my writing coach in months. I mean, almost a year since I met with her. And and I really thought, I'm just going to be totally honest, I thought that my first few chapters were ready to go. They've been read by some of my alpha reader friends who are very picky and they like to read. And so I just felt like very discerning people have read the first few chapters And I thought at least the first few chapters were ready to go. Like, they were good. And so I met with my writing coach, and one of the things I talked about was proposing to an agent. And she just was like, you're not ready. Like, do not send this to an agent because you're – nowhere close to ready I mean like it's it's all right like you're you're going you're on the right track but you're not ready and I just I I don't even it was a blow and I think y'all the thing wasn't it's okay to not be ready and that It's hard to even put into words. It's okay to not be ready. But when you think it is ready and then it's not, and I'm already struggling with this, like, who am I? (laughs) Who am I to be writing this memoir and putting all this work into it and thinking that a bunch of people are going to want to actually read it? And, um, you know, and I, so I was already dealing with this kind of like imposter syndrome. Like, I'm not famous and I'm not a PhD. And so I'm going to really have to be an outlier for my book to do well. And, and I really felt like my first five chapters were like it, like they were amazing. And so when the person who I trust for advice says like, you're not nowhere near ready. And I just think like, well, I don't know what else to do. Like, I, I feel like I gave it my best already. Um, and it was just, it was a hard, it was a hard moment where I just, it, it led to a spiral, which there's an episode in season one about spiraling. Um, it led to a spiral that happened over the weekend. I sat in my basement and cried after I hung up for my coaching call. I cried and then I pulled myself together because I didn't want my family to see that I was crying and uh, went to the barn. I cried in the car <laughs> to the barn and then I talked to Caitlin 
who will be on the podcast a lot. And I cried to her and, um, and I just was really upset because I just really felt like maybe I should just quit. (laughs) Like, what is even the point? Like God told me to write it down. So I wrote the story. Isn't that enough? And even though I felt like that on the inside, isn't this enough? I did what he said. I knew in my gut that God didn't just want me to write it down. He wants me to write it with excellence and bring it to the world because it's a story that has the potential to change lives. Like it changed my own. And so, you know, I'm, I have this thing, which again, I think I talked about in season one where I quit for a day and it's something I've used in my sales business a lot because sometimes sales can just be really hard and frustrating. And, and so sometimes I quit for a day. I'm like, I quit for the day and it just gives you some power over it and so I quit for the day I was like okay I'm done I'm not a writer for the rest of the day and um and I slept on it and I prayed a little bit and I when I woke up the next morning it just was clear as clear as can be and I want to share with y'all before I share what was so clear that every well a couple years ago, I did a Bible study on the armor of God. And a part of the armor is the belt of truth. The thing with the belt of truth. So the armor of God is, if you're familiar with the Bible, it's in Ephesians 6, I think. And it's it's the way to be prepared against attacks from Satan. And the belt, apparently it's all based on a soldier's armor back in Bible times. And the belt was literally what held it all together. Like the shield couldn't be in place without the belt. The belt held it in place. The sword is attached to the belt. Everything depends on the belt. And the belt is the belt of truth. And so um, what I learned through that Bible study is that, you know, Satan attacks us with lies and he attacks us with, he'll, he'll take his, he'll take a version of the truth and twist it and plant it in your mind. And then you think this is totally true. And so when I pray, you know, almost every morning when I have my prayer time, I, I pray for clarity that I will see Satan's lies for what they are and that I will know God's truth and that it will be so clear to me when Satan is lying and that God will protect my family and I from Satan's schemes. And so I, I pray over this. And so I, I woke up Sunday morning with the clearest realization ever (laughs) that it was all lies from Satan. That this whole dialogue that I've been carrying in my mind of I'm not good enough and who am I to think that I can write this story and all of this, that it it was all just lies (laughs) whispered to me from Satan. And I bought it for a little while. <laughs> I bought it hard. And and my writing coach, when she said the thing she said, and, you know, and she spent some time at the end of our call and she said, Sarah, you know, I'm 65. I've been writing for most of my life. And before I was writing, I was reading under my school desk at school and I put in so many hours. And what I heard was, well, I can never be that. Like, I, uh, like, I can't. I've done what I've done and I don't have the hours like they haven't been put in and and I heard in her words 
and this is not what she said, but what I heard was like, you don't have that and therefore you're not good enough. And that's what I had buried in my heart for that day. And that's why I cried all day, (laughs) every time I was alone and one time in front of somebody. Um, And I just woke up Sunday morning realizing it was all a big fat lie. And I realized, you know, from the beginning, the only reason I even started writing this book was because God told me to. Because I was in church over 10 years ago and I heard God say, write it down, write the story of Kentucky. I just gotten married and I had just moved to Virginia away from Kentucky. And like that two years was like this two years that totally shaped who I had become and who I was. And, and it was over. And so I'm like grappling, like, uh, like, wow, I can't believe I survived that. And God said, write it down. And I said, I am not a writer and I don't have time. And, um, and then the next week God was like, write it down. And I said, no, no, I'm not a writer. And then the third week, I was like, okay, fine. (laughs) Because if you ask me things three times, usually by the third time, I'll give it in. So I was like, fine, okay. And um, so I started and, and Sunday morning, it just, it hit me that like, not only, you know, the lies about I'm not good enough, I'm not a PhD, who am I to think I can be writing a book? Like, not only did I realize that was a lie, but I saw the truth. And the truth that I buckled around my waist and I keep cinching up as tight as I can every few hours when I remember is that the truth is that God called me to this and he called me to write this story. And if God said to write it down, there's no mistake. He knew who he was calling. He knew I wasn't a PhD. He knew I didn't have any writing experience aside from school assignments. He knew I would be busy. He knew everything. He knew me. He knew he knew all of it. And he chose me for this story and he chose me to write it. And that can make me cry on the other end, just the end of like, wow, you know, who am I? And just feel so humbled and grateful for it. And so that's the story. And I just hope this is the thing. And I know this is my story. But I think it's your story too. You know, for me as a mom, sometimes I think, who am I to raise these kids and like, shape a human being for the future of our world. And I'm the person that God chose for these two kids you know, and so I just want you to think of it in your own life. And, you know, what do you feel like you might be in over your head for and over your head? And I don't even know how to say that y'all. But anyway, I just want you to think about it for yourself. And when you start to think those thoughts of like, I'm not good enough, and I'm not qualified, like you've been chosen, we have, you know, my daughter, her name is Essie, after Esther in the Bible, Essie is her nickname. And we have a plaque on the wall that I made when she was still in my belly that says, perhaps you've been chosen for such a time as this. And it's from the story of Esther. It's a line from the Bible because Esther was just a Jewish girl who had lost her parents and was being raised by her uncle. And she literally saved her people. She came before the king and a, a king who had like, I think, killed his previous wife. 
it's just, it's mind boggling. But also to think she was a normal girl and she stepped up and she said, who am I? And God said, you're the person I picked, you know? And same goes for Mary, right? Mary freaking birthed (laughs) Jesus. And she said, who am I? And the angel said, you're who God picked. And so, you know, get honored. And when you start thinking that you're not good enough or, you know, you're not qualified, if you feel like you're called for it by God, run with it and trust that he knows you and he knows your qualifications and lack of qualifications. And he picked you anyway, because you've got something in you that he wants to use. So that's it. First episode, season two, Live, Ride, Learn is wrapped up. (laughs) And there's not going to be as many episodes this season of me just sharing stories like this. So if you love it, you can listen listen to it on replay. And if this is your least favorite kind of episode, good for you because we're going to have lots of interviews and fun. But, you know, this is one of my favorite kinds of episodes just because I think this is how we learn and grow together. You know, I learn something and I share it with you and you learn something and you share it with me and we both have grown right, wiser and richer because of our shared experiences. So that's it. I'm going to wrap it up. I got things to do. I've got writing to do. I got to hit hit the uh, laptop keyboard and get back into my revisions. But thanks for tuning in to season two, episode one of the Live Ride Learn podcast. If you would like more information, check out www.liveridelearn.com is my website. And also you can follow me on Instagram at Live Ride Learn. And hit me up, send me a message. Again, if you know of a memoir that someone not famous and not super smart wrote that has done well, please send it to me. I would like to read it. Thanks for tuning in, y'all. Have an amazing and powerful day.